Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale. This is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. I'm back to regularly scheduled program. This is out Friday at my regular time. Um, last few weeks have been kind of a mess, but this episode is going to be out at the regular time. If this is the first time you're listening to this and you like this episode, check out my other episodes, follow me over, follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review, all of that. All my social media is linked in the description if you have any critiques, comments, concerns, all of that. I do check my Instagram DMs. Um, this episode is going to be on the shorter side. My last episode was three hours long because it was a deep dive recap of Yellow Jacket season one episode by episode recap. And my next episode, episode 32, is going to be a similarly formatted deep dive recap of Yellow Jacket season two. So in the interim between, I don't know if that's the correct use of the word interim, but like in in between, before my next deep dive, I still want to release an episode this week, but I, I it's going to be on the shorter side. So it's not like a detailed recap. It's just me chatting about my thoughts on the stuff I've been watching lately, um, which is kind of what I do on this podcast when I haven't, when it, it's not like a recap deep dive style. For the most part, I just talk about whatever shows I've been watching. I do have two specific shows that I'm going to share my thoughts on more in detail, but it's not going to be like a plot by plot detailed recap type thing. Um, yeah, all that out of the way. If you liked my Yellow Jacket season one, keep an eye out for season two. I'm starting my rewatch, my rewatch earlier. So I have more time to watch all nine episodes and take my notes and, and do all of that. So that will be out next Friday. Um, if everything goes according to plan, which I think it will. But yeah, that's my little introduction. Okay, so the main thing, main show I want to talk about today is Vanderpump Rules since the finale, the reunion finale aired on Wednesday. I have so much to say, and I honestly, I was going, I was considering re-watching it and doing like a recap style episode but the truth is I feel like a lot of uh, the the format of a reunion I don't feel like we're given new information for the most part it's just them talking about things that have already happened so it felt kind of weird to talk about them talking about things that have already happened I don't know if that made sense but like and obviously the reunion was great like I'm not not hating on reunions I think they're very important and very engaging and interesting content. But I, from a recap point of view, I find, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm going to comment on Katie commenting on something short set. I don't really know. That being said, I do have comments on the re- the reunion finale. Um, and honestly, just my final thoughts on Vanderpump Rules Season 10. I little background if you've never listened to any of my other Vanderpump episodes. I had never heard of the show. I'd never watched the show. I I honestly haven't watched much Bravo, if any. I love reality TV. I started originally with The Bachelor as the first reality TV franchise that I 
got into. And then with Netflix, I would watch The Circle. I watched Big Brother. Big Brothers, I got in to right around the same time that I got in to The Bachelor. I might have started watching Big Brother first. I don't really remember the timeline, but it was around that same time that I started watching Big Brother and The Bachelor. Um, and I like The Circle, all, all like I didn't Love Is Blind, those Netflix shows I'll watch. And I I had never watched Vanderpump Rules. I'd never really heard of it. And when Scandaval broke, I very quickly became enthralled in the story, even though I had no idea who any of the people in the story were, which I don't think is an uncommon thing that happened to people. I think there are people who are like, I've never heard of the show, but I heard about this. And I think it's because at least for me, the more you find out about like the dynamics in the group, the more fascinating and like upsetting the entire cheating situation became, at least to me as a viewer. Like I became more and more flabbergasted by the way Tom Sandoval like exists as a human being on television. <laughs> Um, the more I, I got into it. And it's just like, it's a very, I don't know. It's so funny because two weekends ago, maybe it was like three now, two, I don't know. When I was in New York for the Ares tour, I, my dad drove up from Maryland so he could like drive us to the stadium, pick us up and all of that, um, which was very, very helpful. It was like um, like a, a godsend, honestly. My, my dad was very, he was great that weekend. But anyway, so he stayed the night in a New Jersey hotel and I stayed with him. And then I took an Uber to the um, airport the next day. And when we were having dinner after the show, because neither of us, I didn't eat at the Aeros tour because I was masked. And I took my mask off to like drink water, but I, I didn't. I didn't take it. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, and thank God I was masked because I didn't get sick from the show, which a lot of people have been getting sick from the show. But anyways, I, me and my dad were eating dinner because he also hadn't eaten. Um, and I was telling him about Vanderpump Rules and I was like, there's this girl Raquel and she was like, the plot line was that she was with Tom and Tom is the ex husband of this person and Katie had like I told my dad everything and he's like that can't be real and I was like no but that's what makes it like like I was like no Pablo you don't understand the fact that it like you can't that it seems so unbelievable is what makes it so real real and I I guess I, I had never put this together. Like I think about reality TV a lot, but this had never connected in my brain until I was watching Johnny Lowe on Nick Vial's podcast. I'm not a fan. I don't like Nick Vial, but I wanted, I was interested in this Johnny Lowe interview because I saw him on watch what happens live when Schwartz was there post Scandaval and he it was he was just so funny that I immediately wanted to watch the Nick Vial episode 
Um, and I, I'll I'll give it to him as much as I don't like Nick Vial. He gets good get he gets good guests. Sometimes the interviews fall flat. Like I'm like the guest is good, but like I don't love his questions or it's just like you know what I mean. But anyways, um, he does have good guests. I'll give that to him. So I was watching Johnny Lowe on Nick Vial's podcast, and he said that part of the reason that he loves reality TV and a lot of people he knows who work in scripted television like reality TV is because it's so unbelievable that if you wrote it in a script, like I don't know the way he phrased it, he articulated it much more intelligently than I am going to because this was like two months ago. Now I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something about how like if you wrote down, like you scripted something and it and you wrote it the way that like something like Scandaval, like they, the writers, like when you're workshopping it would be like, this doesn't, this is unbelievable. Like nobody's going to believe that this is going to happen. And, and that's why I think it's real. I mean, I know there is a like, I don't know. I, I, anyways, but I don't remember why I, oh, my background, my how I got introduced to Vanderpump Rules. So I fell down the rabbit hole of who are all these characters. This is fascinating to me. And I watched season 10. I watched all four episodes, I think, that were out at that time. And then I liked it. So I was like, let me watch season nine. I watched season nine. I was like, I like this too. So then I was like, I'm going to go back from the beginning. So I started from season one and I watched season one through eight because I had already watched nine and 10 or the beginning of 10. I obviously have now finished 10 since the final reunion just aired on Wednesday. But I was immediately enthralled. Like, it was so... I love reality TV because it's an easy watch. Like, I don't think of it as, like, a guilty pleasure or, like, stupid TV necessarily, but it's an easy thing to watch and have in the background while I'm doing other things and feel like it's the same reason I like listening to podcasts to some extent. I just like, I don't know. I I like real interactions, real people. I don't really, I, I don't think I'm making absolutely any sense, but it was just enjoyable. Like immediately, I, I, I was enjoying it. Did I love all the people all the time? No, like it wasn't like a purely positive experience in the sense that I was always like, oh, this is so funny. Like there are moments in the show when you're watching it that you get really angry, especially after you've watched all the seasons. And I can only imagine people who have been watching it like from the beginning, watching it like live, how impactful this was. But after having rewatched or watched the entire show from the beginning. Honestly, I think that was the way to do it, at least for me. I mean, I, I guess I had the time on my hands. I don't really know. It was very easy TV, so I, I wasn't, like, sat in front of my TV watching every single episode. Like, I, I wasn't. I had it on in the background while I was doing other things, but I, I still I watched every episode, and I got the context of who these people are, and the dynamic of the show and all of that and I think it was a very important like there are a lot of people who will 
on social media be like, I don't like talking about Vanderpump Rules with people who haven't been watching from the beginning. And honestly, I respect that kind of attitude. Like, it's kind of annoying sometimes when you're a new fan to something and people are like gatekeepy or whatever. But I get it on some level. I really do. And I never want to act like I have been a Vanderpump Rules super fan from the beginning and I've been like invested in these people's lives because that's not the truth. Like, that's just not the truth. I'm never going to come to the conversation being like I've been or not even saying that, but with the attitude, I feel like some people talk about Vanderpump rules. And I even feel kind of frustrated sometimes as somebody who did go back and watch everything to get the entire context of who the people are and their dynamic and their like arc on the show. It's kind of like starting like a show in season five and being like acting like you that's obvious anyways I just said something super obvious but I even get frustrated sometimes when I'm watching podcasts like listening to podcasts of people talking about Vanderpump Rules and they say something and it's like well if you had watched seasons one through nine you would know the answer to this thing you're saying or that it doesn't really make sense like I saw somebody be like it doesn't even make sense that Ariana and Tom weren't married at that point like why why is she still there it's like she never wanted to get married if you had watched all the you know what I mean like I I do understand that dynamic um but because I think very narratively in my life in general I very much was like I liked the two seasons I watched, the two most recent seasons, and going into Scandal, not only do I want to know the dynamics of Tom and Ariana and their relationship on the show, but I want to know the general dynamic and attitudes people in, in the show and cast have about cheating and fidelity, relationships. Like, I, I was just very fascinated by the entire dynamic, and I think if you watched Vanderpump pump season 10 and you're like this is great tv and you have peacock like what's stopping you from watching the rest it's really not like television that you need to pay super close attention to um and i just think everybody should watch it if you've watched the most recent season go back there are only 10 seasons which like 10 seasons is a lot of seasons but compared to like some shows that have like 20 seasons it's not that many like, it really wasn't... I got through it in, like, a month. Um, I also... I I'm, I really love television. That's, like, my main... Sometimes people will ask me what my hobbies are, and I'm like, I don't... I watch a lot of TV, and, like... I don't know. I understand... I was an English major, so don't get me wrong. I understand why reading is, like, on a different level than watching TV, because, again, I said, like, sometimes you're watching TV and you're not, like, super paying close attention but I wish that being interested in media regardless of the like format like I I just wish and obviously Vanderpump Rules isn't like William Shakespeare but I wish media consumption of all like I just wish that if you like being really into TV wasn't less like compelling or interesting than being really into like reading books I say I love reading books I I I I try to read uh, like one chapter of a book every night most a lot of the times I'm rereading books but um anyways 
I went on a whole tangent for like 15 minutes about just my background on how I got into Vanderpump Rules. So I'm sorry about that. But anyways, I'm going to start looking at my notes now. But this is just my general kind of final thoughts, takeaways now that season 10 has finished airing. I think there is going to be a Secrets Revealed episode on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, which is just like never before seen footage, I guess. Anyways, okay, so the first thing I wrote down in my notes is Tom Sandoval is gross and his response to the entire thing kept getting worse and worse. Because, like, the thing about Tom Sandoval, and I've said this over and over and over and over and over again, I just don't understand, honestly, from a basic, like, self-preservation perspective even, I don't understand the attitude that he is coming to this whole conversation with. Like, it doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I'm so unbelievably confused the entire time. Everything, every time he conducts himself and everything he says, I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand where is that, where that's coming from. From a purely like logical, this makes you look bad standpoint, if he really cares about that, because I do feel like every time I've seen him cry or say sorry has been not for Ariana, but for him. But even from a purely self-preservation like standpoint, how are you so out of touch and like have you don't have the perspective to see why you are the like bad guy in this entire thing and why you should come with just nothing but being apologetic. And I, I just when I'm watching him, I always go back to what Ariana said in the finale where she was like, he was mad at me. And and she said this on interviews that his immediate response after she found out was anger, was anger towards her. And I just think that says a lot about his perception of the entire thing and his focus on his himself, I guess. But I, I just... I don't, I don't know. Like the, there was a moment which many people have talked about, but Andy Cohen asked Sandoval, have you had sex with anybody else since you started having sex with Raquel? Kind of trying to figure out if he had cheated with more than one person or if it was just Raquel. And he was like, no, I haven't. And then Ariana said, you know who he did sleep with after he started sleeping with Raquel? Me. And in response to this accusation, in response to her being like, we were intimate. Like he said, we weren't having sex, but we literally had sex like after he had started this whole affair. In response to that, he said, and she, she kept her t-shirt on. It was super hot. Like obviously sarcastically saying it was hot. And it's just like, why on earth? Like to me, that comment, like some people have been like, it's it's not that bad. I saw two people say it wasn't that bad um, in like a TikTok comment. I think it's just because Andy Cohen had said like, Tom said something that like was going to make everybody mad. I think people thought it was going to be like a lot more heinous. But to me, that is heinous because that is such a disgusting thing to say because like, I'm going to try to spell it out if you 
think like Tom Sandoval and you don't understand why that's such a gross comment. You in this relationship, I'm speaking to you directly, Tom Sandoval. He's not listening. But like you in this situation betrayed your longtime partner who believed in you for nine months. And then when she's like, like, I actually, I, I was like, I'm going to try to explain this, but I can't even conceive of how he thinks that this is like a okay thing to say like he's basically being like the sex wasn't what he wanted it to be so him cheating is fine I don't understand his logic but that's you know like what in that comment he was trying to like by saying like yeah it was super hot he was trying to like still diminish their sex life because he couldn't keep up with the lie that, like the lie that he was presenting that they were non-intimate at all was like debunked. So he could no longer say that. So his, instead of saying, yeah, I, I sh-, like, instead of just, again, just apologizing, he had to like throw a jab at her and be like, it wasn't hot though or something. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? None of that holds any weight. I don't care. If she did actually never want to have sex with you (laughs) and you weren't having sex, that doesn't give you the right to cheat on somebody. But like the point she was making was we were intimate. I thought we were fine. We were having sex. And then him basically being like, but the sex wasn't good enough for me. Is that what he's saying? Like what on earth does this man think? And you know what's a very telling moment is Tom Schwartz, his business partner, reacted to that comment because it's obviously like absurd that somebody would say that say those words um like it was it's just so vindictive and mean like what do you get out of being vindictive and mean in a situation when you've wronged somebody else it's the same thing that i think about with raquel filing the restraining order against sheena sheena's like she wronged me but I am a danger to her. Like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, you're wronged by a person. Like, somebody has wronged you. And now, you are the one who's being shit on or like, like, what? You were wronged. It's like somebody like kicking you. And then being like, you hurt my foot though. You kicked me. <laughs> like, what is the logic? So... Like, I I don't even, I lost my, oh, something that I thought was very telling was Tom Schwartz immediately reacted to that. And he's like, oh, dude, don't say that. Um, Which that says a lot because Tom Schwartz said horrible things to his wife (laughs) um, on the show. Even Tom Schwartz had a reaction like, why would you say that? And Tom immediately apologizes to Schwartz. He's like, sorry, man. To Schwartz. He doesn't even say, I shouldn't have said that to Ariana. He doesn't acknowledge her feelings at all. He doesn't even say that was below the bell. He doesn't take any accountability, even in that moment, for a mean comment that he threw out there. And it's like a very heated environment. Like, it wouldn't be that difficult to be like, sorry, I got worked up. I was upset. Everybody was attacking me. I shouldn't have said that. Or even not even preface all those things. Just say, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. It was out of line. Anything. He didn't. He didn't. He apologized to Schwartz because he knew that Schwartz was upset that things that that the way he's coming across Sandoval is coming across is going to fall back on Schwartz and the business that business that they run together like anyways like how on earth 
I'm just, I'm so, like, it, it really makes me angry to see somebody wrong somebody else. Because he did, regardless of his intentions or if he wasn't happy in the relationship, having a seventh month affair is a choice you make. It's a million choices you make along the way. Like, there are a lot of choices you make before you even get to the point where you're, like, having sex with somebody else for the first time, let alone continuously having a seventh-month affair with, with somebody who was very close to your partner. Like, that that's a choice you make at some point. It becomes, like, you know what I mean? Regardless if you were doing to hurt them or not, you had to know on some level that it was going to hurt them. Like, you had to but to do all of that and I've already said so many times that it's like it's not only like he cheated on her he had a seventh month affair he didn't just have a seventh month affair he had a seventh month affair with her best friend and he did all of this while Ariana was going through a very difficult time in her life her grandmother her dog died and then her or I don't know if her grandmother died first and then her dog died but very close to each other she lost a pet like a life, like a pet that she had had for a very long time, longer than she was dating Tom and her grandmother, like really short after each other. How on earth can you treat somebody like that? Like be so inconsiderate of their feelings when they're going through such a horrible time. And then when your feet are being held to the fire, still try to throw more fire at them you've burned them enough it doesn't make any sense to me and it makes me so and then in the same episode he's like breaking down crying and saying i've never loved anybody more before you ariana or something and it's like i i just every single time this man cries it feels like it's out of self-preservation it doesn't make any sense to me i mean the way he conducts himself in general just doesn't make any sense to me but it all just makes me sad it makes me sad that there are people who could like I, I it doesn't make sense to me and it makes me like deeply sad i think something that i've i've been very fascinated by and with in watching the entire vanderpump rules up until now um like going back and watching everything is that infidelity and cheating I mean, that's the same thing. Infidelity has always been part of the show. Like season one, Stassi and Jax were together and Jax cheated on Stassi. And then um, Kristen cheated on Tom with Jax. And like there, there's been a lot of cheating. And a lot of the big drama in the show has been infidelity. And I think that on some level that is at least why Raquel I don't really know again where Tom's coming from ever but I think with Raquel she even said she was like in her like she was trying to defend herself by being like James and Lala like have no place to talk because they literally had sex when I was with James and it's just like okay and and he even said it wasn't episode it wasn't the reunion part three maybe it was part two or one I can't remember which one but he was like everybody on this stage except for Katie and Lisa have cheated or been involved in like some kind so 
why do you guys have a leg to stand on? And I think that there are just layers to every situation. And cheating is wrong, obviously. You shouldn't cheat on somebody. Do I think it's always 100% not justified? I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think if you're in an abusive relationship, a toxic relationship, and you cheat on somebody as a way to get out, I, I, like, I, I think there are nuances to cheating. But obviously, if you're not in like an abusive, toxic relationship, and you're, anyways, I, I, I'm not a therapist. I, I don't have any clinical trial, like not trials, but clinical studies about the morals, like the minds. I don't know any of that. I'm not, this is just my opinion, unqualified opinion. But I do think that at least from an outsider looking in, I've never cheated, nor have I been cheated on. I've never been in a relationship either, but um, still, I think that there are just layers to everything. And I think that there's nuance to everything. And I don't think every single person who cheats is an evil person or like once a cheater, always a cheater. And I, and I think I saw somebody say that that's not like a clinically backed up thing. I, I've been watching a lot of psychology in Seattle on YouTube. Um, he was reacting to Scandaval and he was like, cheating is not like a thing that necessarily, like if you do it once, you're always going to do it. And so I don't know. I think there's nuance to everything. And I don't think it's like, if you cheat on somebody, you're automatically a bad person. Do I think it's a bad thing to do? Yes. Um, but I think... I'm going in circles, but I think there's just, there's layers to everything. And I've been emphasizing that a lot when I talk about Tom and, and, um, Ariana and Raquel, because I, I think that's such an important thing. And I think Raquel came to this mindset of this whole dynamic is full of cheaters. So now they're all crucifying me for being a cheater. And it's like, not only were you a cheater, you betrayed your best friend who spent the entire season defending you. She spent the entire season defending you. And beyond the camera, she was your friend. Like, Ariana has... She did it with Lala when a lot of people didn't like Lala. She, like, stood by Lala. Ariana has always given people the benefit of the doubt. And she did that with Raquel. And what did Raquel do when Ariana was going through a horrible time in her life? She had sex with her boyfriend repeatedly. Like... I, I just, I just think, and Lala even said that she's like, I wasn't your best friend when I had sex with James and Lala's never said that was right of me or I, I should like, she said, I shouldn't have done that. Like cheating is wrong. Um, that was also when Lala was not yet sober and obviously like addiction is not like an excuse, but it is an explanation why you can engage in toxic behaviors. And I just think Lala Lala specifically has gone through so much um and she even said she's like I've I've lived a million lifetimes since then like she's been through a lot and grown a lot even from when we started seeing her on the show and I just think that there is there are nuances and details to everything because it's like cheating by and obviously within the boundaries of a relationship everybody has their own 
comfortability levels of what they're willing to forgive and what they're willing to work through. And I just, and I think even with Ariana and Tom, I mean, she said after the fact that like, she, she did know that, that Tom had cheated on her before. Like she was willing to work through infidelity. I think it was just the level of infidelity, the amount of time it went on and the person that it was with. I wouldn't want to like, I, I just think, and people have asked, why did this become such a big thing? And I just think that infidelity is something that a lot of people relate to on certain levels, but it's like, it's not just infidelity. It's like betrayal. It's like friend, like there's so many factors to this that have made Scandal such a captivating thing. And I think Vanderpump Rules as a show is just very fascinating and wonderful television. And I'm really glad that I got into, I got into it. Obviously I'm not glad that like Ariana went through a horrible betrayal, but she is doing a lot better. And she like is going to thrive without that man, like dead weight, somebody who has sex with her and, and thinks it's not hot because she's wearing a t-shirt. Like, g- g- grow the fuck up, Tom Sandoval. Like, I just, I hate, I hate that man. And I don't want to because I don't like hating people, especially don't know. Honestly, mostly people I don't know. I feel fine hating people that I know in real life because at least they've done something to me. But, and, and it, I, I just, I just think the show as a whole, like, says something very interesting about infidelity and cheating and relationships. And isn't that why a lot of people watch reality TV to see dynamics between some people watch it because it's mindless TV and I do too. But I think there's also a level to it where I like to think about human behavior and human relationships. And I think that infidelity is a big topic, like theme like to like motif I don't know throughout Vanderpump Rules and I just think it's really interesting too to see how the cheating is treated so differently now because I also think they're all at different places in their lives I, I think somebody else said that too in an interview, but it's like, you, you're not in your like early twenties working at a restaurant anymore. Like they're all business owners. They all like have homes. A lot of them have started families. Like it, it's a different level now to have a full blown affair with like your life partner. Again, there are levels to everything. And, but I, I just I just think that's so interesting. And I do recommend watching all of Vanderpump Rules if you've watched season 10 and you like season 10. Let me see what else I have on my notes. I've gone on a mil- million tangents, but this is a very unstructured episode. So I have range on the Emmy Awards, okay? Sometimes I go detail by detail. Um, and sometimes I just ramble what comes out of my noggin. Um, something that I... Oh, something else I wrote down was about Tom wanting to lie and keep his story straight. And that was the big reveal that was teased at the end that a lot of people, I feel like misconstrued and blew out of proportion. And they blame like the, the showrunner, the executive producer, whoever was quoted in that article being like, there's stuff in the reunion that people like ran with the story that there's going to be something in the reunion that is going to not want to make people come back. But that's not what he said. He was talking about how there's stuff in the reunion that people don't even know. And he also said, it was like a separate thought. He wasn't saying because of the stuff people 
don't know. He was just saying we haven't sent out contracts yet for season 11. Like, they weren't connected. Um, I don't think he was saying that people are going to not want to come back because of something released at the reunion. I think that was, like, misconstrued. But the big reveal at the end was Raquel saying in a confessional that she and Tom, like, disputing his timeline and that he had wanted to say it was only the one time. And he was very adamant throughout the entire reunion. It was one time, it was one time, yada, yada, yada. And I just think, again, what I was saying earlier about Tom's reactions and responses and emotions and all of that being about himself and not Ariana, his need to lie and like not say everything that happened was, in my opinion, self-preservation. I don't think it was to spare Ariana's feelings, whatever he says. I think he didn't want to make himself look any worse than he was going to. So he was like, if we have this story It's bad, but it's not as bad. You know what I mean? That's what I think his goal was. It was to come out as unscathed as he could, which I say that, but then it also just doesn't make sense. I guess he was trying to villainize Ariana and be like, but the, not, I mean, I just, I just don't think there's anything you can do when you've wronged somebody so publicly in this way. Besides just being unbelievably apologetic and like, yeah, like I don't, I don't even know. Even like, but just the need to lie. It wasn't for Ariana. He wasn't trying to protect her feelings. He, because honestly, on some level, I think knowing, maybe not every detail, obviously, but knowing is If somebody wants to know, telling them the truth is better than lying to them. You've already lied to them for eight months. Like, just, it it wasn't for Ariana. And it's just, it makes me so mad because sometimes in a dynamic, you are going to be the shittier person or just the, the shit person. And I just think that Tom is so unable to look at a situation and be like, I was, I was in the wrong. I wronged you in this situation. There's always a justification. There's always an excuse. There's always a reasoning. Like there's always something besides saying I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. Like anything. And when he is apologetic, it's not to the main person he's wronged. He was sorry to Schwartz, but he, it just, again, let us not forget that Ariana said he was mad at her. His initial reaction after somebody confronts him about being wronged by him is to be angry. Why would you be angry about wronging somebody unless you are unable to... Like, I, I, it just... Anyways. Anyways. The next thing I wrote down... Anyways. Raquel's response to everything, too was very confusing to me. I I don't understand her reactions to things. I, I, it, it genuinely, like, I find it very confusing. She was, again, I don't think she grasped the severity of how, like, much she wronged somebody who was so 
fiercely loyal to her. But not only that, I, I, I don't know. And honestly, as much as I like, am very baffled and was very like, I don't want to say disturbed because that feels too strong, but like really uncomfortable watching the ways she would like talk about certain things and like giggle in like the finale. Like there were instances where I was like, this feels weird, like so weird. Um, I do on some level, I place more the more of the blame on Tom because I just, I, I don't know. I think, and obviously she's an adult, so it's like, at some point, you gotta stop. You you gotta put the Kool Aid down. But I think she was just drinking Tom's Kool Aid of everything we did was like justified, and Ariana was such a horrible girlfriend to me, and this and that. That, and I think she because she was getting all this validation from Tom or something. Like I I just think she put so much stock into Tom's word. Like that became the truth to her, and I think she wasn't able to see beyond his narrative of events and I think that's why she broke down in the confessionals because she's like his narrative that were that like I think she was starting to realize that the reality that she was so fiercely defending and believing in that maybe it wasn't true like I feel like reality was crumbling in front of her and that's why she was like this was a really shitty thing to do because I think she was starting to realize that what Tom was saying and the way Tom was framing their relationship wasn't the truth that she was starting to like come down to earth and realize that the way she treated our like I, I think she was starting to realize the the gravity of her actions and that's why she broke down crying in the confessional six days after the reunion but I don't know that was just my interpretation I just feel like Tom created this world that she was in and she believed I don't know. It's like the way some Trump supporters watch Fox News and they're like, this is true. This is reality. And you who are not living on that weird planet are like, that is factually not the truth. Like we are looking at two different set of like realities. And I feel like the reality that Raquel was living in was Tom's fucked up narrative. And I think she just, she bought into that. And I hope she comes out of it and realizes that that's not the truth. And Tom's moral code and Tom's perception of things is not, is neither accurate nor kind and moral and like a good way to live your life. And I'm not trying to take away the blame from her because I, she's an adult and like you have to have the self-awareness and the ability. Like she also made choices. I, I just... I don't know. I, I blame Tom a little bit more. I, I, she was still fucked up. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't tend to believe people are irredeemable. And as like fucked up as her behavior was, I don't think Raquel is irredeemable. Would I ever want to be friends with her? No. Do I think Ariana should forgive her? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that by any means. She was very fucked up in the whole situation but I just see Raquel and maybe again it's just like the entire framework of the show I see Raquel as somebody who fucked up very severely I'm not saying she didn't but I do think maybe 
there is a future for her where she does some real self-growth and self-work and she is able to be a better, kinder, like, compassionate, socially, interpersonally effective human being. Like, I, I, I wish, I wish her, I wish her healing and, um, yeah, I do. I, I think maybe there's a future for Raquel. And maybe that was just manipulation, I don't know, from, like, her crying in the finale. But it was, like, honestly, it was less about that and more about... She wasn't as mean and, like, vindictive as Tom was. She was, sna- like, she was fucked up. But I think her responses to everything just gave me the impression that she was coming from this perspective of, like, what we did was okay for X, Y, and Z. And I think the X, Y, and Z were reasons and justifications that Tom gave her. Now, again, she's her own person, and she should be able to take a step back and be like, that is not the truth, actually. Like, I'm I'm not excusing her, but I just think that his responses showed a lack of empathy and caring and, like, ability to take accountability and I think he grasps the severity and I think he just doesn't care. Raquel, the, the vibe I was getting was that she was just repeating the same talking points of like, you guys have cheated or like, this was wrong, but it was selfish. Like, it just felt like she was saying a scripted thing while Tom, like the things he was saying was genuinely coming from his heart. But I don't really know. I don't really know. I feel like we, Rick... Tom is also somebody who's been on the show since season one. So I feel like we've gotten a lot more of him. Raquel has been on the show for like a few seasons, but like she wasn't, when she was there in the beginning, she was just like James's like girlfriend. She was kind of irrelevant. I feel like we haven't gotten much of her character and her person. I don't feel like I know much about Raquel. Like I genuinely don't. So... I don't know. I don't know. Tom has also just been nastier throughout this whole thing. But again, they're adults and they made their decisions. And anyways, anyways, um, it's just like, I, I don't understand. And again, I think it was because the reality was maybe coming, coming to her, but I don't understand why she would cry in her confessionals about how fucked up it is to sleep with somebody's girlfriend or to sleep with somebody's boyfriend in their own house when they're out of town, let alone when they're out of town for a funeral, like how she could break down about that, but not be more apologetic and sorry, just sorry to Ariana's face. Like she broke down about that, but she wasn't like, I'm so sorry to Ariana. She was just defensive. And again, it just, it gives me the sense of like the reality. She's coming to the reality that we all exist in. I don't really know. I don't really know. That's just my take on the entire thing. I still find it very confusing. I I really do. Um, I also wrote down that Lala and James were iconic throughout the entire... Sitting them next to each other was a genius idea. Their banter, the way they interacted with each other, they popped off. I love them, love their dynamic. Um, Schwartz is like... um, And I'm team Katie always... Always. I've already talked about the Sheena restraining order thing in a few in past episodes, but I think it was honestly, I feel like if the reunion wasn't coming up, Raquel wouldn't have done that. Um, 
I think she did it solely because of the reunion. But anyways, and not just for the reunion, but to like add to this narrative that she was like being victimized um, because of the affair, like trying to paint herself as the victim. But I think most people were like, that's silly. Anyways, um, I do have to say, I love it. This is my final thought on, I'm wrapping up, but I loved James, like after they like wrapped singing the theme song that was iconic he was like the show's ending somebody was like this is the most somber ending and he's like these are the best days of our i can't sing anyways i'm very excited for season 11 i i live in la i've yet to go to sir or any of the restaurants but my sister when my sister is here for our birthday later this month, we'll hopefully go. Okay, the last show I want to touch on before I wrap up, because I've almost been recording for an hour, and I honestly, I didn't think my Vanderpump, like, section was going to be, I don't know. I literally was, like, going into this. I was like, this is going to be, like, 30 minutes, and I've almost gone on for an hour. I'm such a good podcaster. I have so much to say. Um, Okay, so the the next show I want to talk about and honestly, this one is probably going to be short, like 15 minutes. I don't have a ton to say. Is the queer version of The Ultimatum. So I watched The Ultimatum, the straight version, um, and it sucked. I watched all of it. The one thing I will say is that somebody for the straight version came back pregnant, like in the reunion. And I wasn't expecting that. I was like, finally, something that is actually shocking at a reunion. Somebody is pregnant. That that was enjoyable to me. I, I It would be more salacious not salacious but it would be more interesting if somebody was like somebody got pregnant on the show and then they're pregnant at the reunion because they got pregnant on the show that didn't happen with the ultimatum the straight version anyways the queer version was way better i will just say that my main issue with the ultimatum is the structure and the premise of the show like i think it's an interesting premise but i think the execution just is isn't the best it isn't the best i think the show was good because one queer like dating shows are so few and far between that when you get it like you just you savor it you savor it for all it's worth so it was like great for that reason but the thing that made it like really enjoyable and like made me want to keep watching were the contestants not really the premise of the show like the the premise of the show is that it's a handful of couples that have been together long term and one person in the couple has issued an ultimatum and the ulti- like the ultimatum not just a general ultimatum like an ultimatum of like we should get married or we'll break up and the premise of the show is that you mingle with the other couples like you break up in quotes, you break up with your partner and you mingle with the other contestants, some of whom received an ultimatum and some who gave an ultimatum, and then you choose somebody else to be a trial partner for a month, and then you switch and you're in a trial marriage with the person you came in with. And I think the queer version was a little bit more interesting because there was a wider pool of people you could pick. Like the straight people, it was like you came in with, and not all of them were straight. One person I think was queer, but she came out after maybe. Um, it's on social media. She wasn't like talking about it on the show, but I, I like, anyways, that's besides the point. 
Um, I th- maybe she came out in the reunion of the 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 first season of the Ultimatum, but that that that's neither here nor there. When you came in in a heterosexual couple, you only had like four options because there were like five couples. So you had to break up with the guy you came in with, and then you had to choose one of the other four guys. And the dynamic when it was like straight couples, it was harder because it was like, not all of them, but it's like if most of the guys were the ones who were given the ultimatum, then being in a trial marriage with them like isn't going to do anything for you because like what, them pretending to be married to somebody else is going to make them realize that they actually want to be married to you? I don't think so. And it was just like, it, it didn't work. It fell flat. It was boring. I didn't, I didn't really like it. I wouldn't recommend the first season. This season is a lot better because you have everybody to date. So there's like nine other people that you can choose from, not just, or maybe eight other people you can choose from. No, nine, no, eight. Eight, because there's nine other people, but one of the people was the person you came in with. So there are like eight other people you could choose. And that made it a lot more interesting because two exes were dating the same person um, before they like decided to be trial partners. And then the person who, there's a couple, Lexi and Ray, and they, Lexi and Ray both dated this person, this girl named Vanessa. And then Lexi really did not like Vanessa like on their last date she was like she's the worst and then Ray chose Vanessa to be her trial wife so there was like drama out the wazoo you know like it was great tv very interesting dynamics but I think where it falls flat is that like there are no stakes like there are no stakes and as somebody who took four drama classes in college um stakes are a big thing when you're talking about like narrative structure and obviously it's reality TV, but it's like there, there, are, there are no stakes. There just aren't because it's like the trial. I don't know. Love, it, love is blind. Even there's a bit more at stake because it's like you at least have to get to the altar and like say yes or no in front of your entire family. Like that's horrifying. <laughs> um, for this, it's like you live with somebody, which like you live with a stranger for like a month, and then you live with the person you came in with for a month, and then you can either get engaged or not. And like the premise is like you say yes or you never see each other again. It's like they can't enforce that. You can still date. Like there's there aren't a lot of stakes, and I think it's interesting having like couples that already came in together because of the dynamic but I think it just made it less believable that they were going to actually fall in love but I will say something that this version I think had and worked better is because because you could more easily find somebody if you gave the ultimatum who also gave an ultimatum there were a lot there was a lot there were more stakes because it was like shit what if my partner finds somebody who is also ready and wants to like there were there was a bit more stakes that way and there were more of the trial relationships that were like maybe this is like a, a thing that could work that was more a possibility now spoilers if you haven't seen the season none of that lasted none of that lasted all of the couples who came in together left together are they all together now no um, the show was also filmed in 2021 so like it's been a hot minute been a hot minute the reunion was filmed in january which i even still think that's like 
too long ago. Like, it was filmed in January. You couldn't have filmed it in, like, March, minute. Like, that's, like, that's, like, five months ago at this point. I don't really know. Anyways, the host was also a big conversation. People were like, why wasn't it a queer host? I'm very confused about that myself. I don't really understand. She shot it for, like, two seconds. Um, She said she knew what a power bottom was, and... There was not much else that she provided. Um, I don't really know. If they do it again, which I think they should, I think there should be more. I think probably, again, I haven't seen many queer dating shows because there aren't many queer dating shows, but I think one of the best queer dating shows that I saw, and I feel like it was maybe like a fresh new thing for its time, was Are You The One Season 8? Because the premise of Are You The One is in a normal season, there's five women and five men, and scientifically or something, you have been paired with with somebody as your perfect match, and you have to do competitions and match up with each other, and if you find all the perfect matches, you get prize money. So it's like a game show, but around love, and the queer season was that much more interesting because anybody could be your perfect match. Um, it wasn't just like if you're a girl, you have like five guys to to figure out. It could be anybody, and it was so interesting and so messy and so compelling. And I think that kind of structure, where it's like a group dating thing, is a long like a Bachelor in Paris. Like even Perfect Match had like more fluidity to it, something like that. But don't get me wrong, this is this was interesting too. Um, I don't have, again, structured notes on, like, most of the, on any of the plot points. Those are just my general thoughts on the ultimatum. I think if they do another queer season, I want them to work out the kinks. The thing is, like, I know that this isn't, like, feasible filming-wise, but it's just, like, it's hard for me to buy into the stakes of, like, are you going to ditch the person you came in with for somebody you're living with for, like, a month? And it's like kind of like forced where it's like, well, you have to pick somebody. And I think also I wish more couples would come into it being like, well, we're breaking up, like explore what you want. Because anytime they would like have some kind of physical intimacy with their like trial spouse, like that always created drama. And I feel like there was not enough of people being like, we're coming into this and we want to like, like there were people who were like, I'm fully into the process. And I'm not saying let go of like your feelings, but there were people who like, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's a very bizarre show because it's like, that's the structure of the show. You're like going to be fake married to somebody else for like a month, but also you can't like actually act like you're in a relationship with them because your ex or like the partner you came in with will be mad at you so it's really just kind of like you're living with a stranger for a month like it doesn't feel like they're actually dating each other some of them it did but some of them it was like well we have to have a trial partner so I'll pick you because I like you the best or like we get along the best but I don't really did that make any sense those are just my thoughts on Vanderpump Rules on the queer ultimatum. I I think the structure needs a little bit of work. Um, I like the contestants. Like it was it was interesting TV. Like I'm not hating on it. I just the premise itself was a, it's a little weird to me. I just I don't know. I don't know. I think there's some kinks to be worked. 
out that way. Um, but those are all my thoughts on mostly the reality TV I've been watching. I also have started watching Desperate Housewives and I just finished the last season of Never Have I Ever, but that's neither here nor there. I mostly wanted to talk about Vanderpump Rules, but I felt the need to tack on the queer ultimatum because it is Pride Month. Um, I'm kidding. I just, I, I had some stuff I wanted to say about it. And I honestly, the main reason I added it on was because I didn't think I was going to talk about Vanderpump Rules as long as I did. But this episode is now, I've been recording for a little bit over an hour. So hopefully I will have solid at least like 50 minutes. I, I don't I don't edit that that much of these down anymore so I'll probably have like it'll probably be like 55 minutes minimum hopefully I don't know it's a it's a good length my next episode will be long because it is going to be a deep dive on Yellow Jackets season two episode by episode recap similar to my season one if you haven't listened to the season one episode but you're interested in Yellow Jackets and you want to prep for my season two one that's available wherever you listen to podcasts um please i was gonna say like and subscribe but this isn't youtube please rate and review follow me wherever you listen to podcasts follow my social media if you'd like i give updates on there when things are late and all of that um thank you so much for listening if if you listen to even one episode of this podcast it means a lot to me because this is a little passion project of mine Um, that genuinely brings me a lot of joy and creative fulfillment so it means a lot when people listen to it and give me feedback even if it's just my sister being like I'm listening to your podcast It, it makes me smile because I do care a lot about this and when I stopped doing it for like a couple months there it genuinely made me like it didn't cause my depression but when I started doing it it definitely increased my mood um so yeah Thank you so much for contributing at all to this little passion project of mine and helping me feel fulfilled creatively if you listen at all. Um, it means a lot. Share it with a friend if you'd like. Um, have a great week and you will hear from me next Friday.